0: Welcome to the New Town Big Dreams Podcast, an interview style talk show that's your gateway to the fabulous and fascinating people who relocated to start a new life whether you're new to our podcast or your city our fellow neighbors from across Canada North America and the entire English speaking world share their stories of reaching new horizons and big dreams so sit back and relax as we navigate in-depth and intimate conversations with entrepreneurs thought leaders executives creatives and anyone who can share their story about their new town, big dreams. And now, here's your host, Luke J. Menkis. Nikki, it's great to meet you.
1: So happy to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming
2: yeah. on this beautiful Sunday. Um, so you were born and raised here. I, I was mean,
1: born in Salmon Arm, but raised here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, you went away for a few years for school?
1: No, after I graduated, um, I was in the beauty industry already because I am. Um, that's my history as a, a career person is the mm-hmm. beauty industry, um, and there was just no room for movement, advancement, anything here. So it was time to head to the city to get the experience, Being so I in could
2: Vancouver,
1: uh, Calgary. Okay, oh, I went to Calgary, yeah, and then I did a, a very short little stint to Toronto. Toronto was too big for me; I didn't last <laughs> long at all, and uh, came back to Calgary, and. Um, in, uh, I guess, almost 12 years ago, the calling to come back to Kelowna came. So
2: came That's back. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Our last guest is from Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he had a hard time with homesickness because mm-hmm. he loves a big, huge city. Mm-hmm. Most of us, I think, here uh, love the mid-sized city. Yeah. Is it the same for you?
1: Definitely same for me. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the experience I got from going to bigger cities and experiencing more and different, like, and that the pace and everything and the opportunities were different, but all of it was just that building of the toolbox, so I could come back here and be a better me mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't take it back for a minute, but um there's always when I would come home to visit and the mountains and the the pace that was here and everything, it always felt more ease for me. I always felt more ease than it was right. kind of like back to the city. It's like re- getting ready for that hustle again and I was just like, okay, gearing up and I always was kind of longing to come home. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Nice. So, you just decided is home.
1: is home. I mean, you the universe back. might, you know, throw something else at me and who knows, I might... You never know which way the road's going to take you, but right now I'm well-seated here. Um, The community that I'm building within what I do is here, and uh, the network of people that help me be better at what I do here is all here, so it makes sense to just call this home.
2: Sure. So to put it into context, what year was that when you decided to come back?
1: Oh... I don't even remember what year it was. My kid was four and he's 16 now. So 14 years ago.
2: Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah.
1: That's how I look at it's time. Like 2005. Yeah. yeah. I, I do
2: the same with my yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: my linear time map is how old were they? So how old was me? And how does that influence the flow of my life? But yeah. the year, I have no idea.
2: Well, I used to be a huge sports fan. So it was like, when did the Blue Jays win the World Series? Yeah, right. And everything <laughs> was around that. But now that I have kids, it's... <laughs> it's
1: the linear time map.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So tell us about some of the communities that you're building in
1: Uh, Kelowna. Yeah, so after 25 years in the beauty industry, I I started really kind of like emotionally feeling where um, there was a lot of emotional stuff for people, ethical stuff, Mm. like sustainability stuff around it. Um,
2: So you're talking like... Products.
1: Products, like how services are managed, because for, I don't want to say just for women, but my, my influence within it is usually around women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like self-esteem issues that mm-hmm. come into play even around marketing of products. So, yes. uh, women's vulnerabilities are preyed on a lot. So there's a whole bunch of kind of ick around beauty. And after being in it deeply, cause I was in uh, luxury beauty for, the majority of my career.
2: Mm. So um, this is like expensive. Expensive
1: products, products that have you know they're really expensive branding and the beautiful models and we're all aspiring to achieve these these things that aren't like realistic like 18 year old models um, discussing anti-aging products you know like it's it's just all setting us up for for a lot of self-esteem issues and emotional things and then you know we bring in the the health portion too of now we know more about toxic ingredients and exposure to things like perfumes and fragrances and allergies and you know the layers continue and then we learn about ethical things like animal testing Mm -hmm. human exploitation so when women now because of the beautiful internet they're they're more armed with knowledge so these simple lipstick purchases now are coming with this burden of decision making mm-hmm. and self esteem and it's really messy so i decided that um with my skill set it made sense for me to create safe space so i could manage all the ick so beauty rituals could be embraced in a healthy way mm-hmm. so i'm more wellness beauty than beauty
2: right so um, more enhancing a woman's natural yeah. beauty than uh, desire to change and be someone different.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even within my boutique, there is no images of beauty in there. There's only mirrors. So mm. the women in there are the images of beauty, right? But Wonderful. Yeah. When, when a woman comes in, though, like what brings them to my front door is so variable. Sometimes, you know, a woman just walks in and she's like, I'm vegan. <laughs> I just don't want... I want my products vegan. And th- that's great. I can fill that need for her where other ones are like me. They're in their mid-40s and they're they're kind of facing that invisibility and that um, loss of value due to aging. Mm. So I'm there as a coach to help them navigate that in a way so they can sustain their, their, their personality and their self-image into their senior years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, um, I've always known that a good spa or a good salon involves great conversation.
1: Absolutely. Is that
2: sort of Part of your business model.
1: That's right? a huge part. As, um, I always say my store is a front. It's, <laughs> I'm fronting it with lipsticks and powders, but it's actually a place for personal growth. Nice. And, uh, um, everyone jokes because I kind of have this superpower where I just know and, yeah. um, people come for that. They come for that thing that Nikki just knows and she'll get me either A into the products that matter or mostly in my place it's the practices that count mm-hmm. so if you're in positive practice with your beauty you've claimed it right you're not asking for permission to beautiful you didn't buy a product that made you beautiful you just claimed it i am beautiful i'm going to use this product because it's fun or because it enhances my lifestyle but the beauty was never in question right yeah
2: it makes sense well maybe um illustrate this for us a little Mm -hmm. bit so i have not been in a hair salon Mm -hmm. except to drop someone off or pick someone up yeah right in a couple of decades like i used to get my hair done Mm -hmm. and uh there was a time like 30 years ago when i actually had it colored a couple times fun so i don't really know what it's like like what what kind of conversations are you having what's what's the experience like for a woman
1: it's so variable like what brings women to a beauty um, experience is so individual to where their own personal dialogue is like mm. um, for me it's what's really funny is just because of how I've evolved as a person especially in the last uh, few years since I started on a more green sustainable path um, I, I'm, I'm my perfect target market because I don't really want the products I want the conversation mm. like I want to learn more about what is the thing I can do to to feel better rather Mm. than what's the product i can apply right Right. so majority of our products are people that are just different areas of that whether Mm. they're coming in because they're curious but they still want products or they're they're really into the practices but they have really vibrant personality so they like a lot of color to go with it Mm. so it's just finding them and helping them map what their beauty routines and rituals look like from a place of strength and self-esteem and confidence not Mm. from a place of self-deprecation right yeah and that's that's the big thing. So as each person comes in, you just, you don't know. You don't know what it's right. going to be. It's just, you start asking questions and sometimes there's tears, sometimes there's laughter, sometimes there's whatever. You just roll with it.
2: Interesting. Yeah. And um, I'm sure you've got some long time clients.
1: I have clients that followed me from mainstream high-end luxury. And wow. um, around the time for me, like um, it was a, a multi-triggered thing that had me kind of throw my hands up and say, I can't do this the way i've been doing it because i was physically sick i was emotionally sick i was spiritually sick and all of it came back to
2: physically sick because of chemicals and chemicals correct wow. yeah my immune yeah.
1: system was was yeah. failing from exposure to the perfumes and um synthetic colors and things like that yeah. and you know i just took the steroids and the nasal sprays and just showed up at work every day because i'm like oh this is my resume this is what i do i make the money i'm doing the thing i am experiencing success as it was sold to me as my you know growing up as a child so i can't believe this i'm mm-hmm. successful right mm-hmm. um and then when my, I always say when my soul started getting sick, <laughs>
0: yeah. things
1: had to change, right? Because when you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready for work and your soul's sitting on the couch and is telling you, I'm not going with you. Sorry, yeah. go ahead and go. I'll be here because uh. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So.
2: And that's really yeah. tough to it is service really clients tough. if you're feeling. internally yeah. Not it's correct.
1: Exactly. And when, when you're helping someone who's sick and you know, the products are exasperating it and you have to sell it to them with a smile oh, it's an emotionally horrifying ex- experience. And um, I just finally got to the point where I'm like, everyone's asking the questions about ingredients. Everyone's asking the questions about ethics. Everyone's asking the questions. And all I keep saying is someone should open a store like that. Man, someone would sure do great if they opened a store like that. And then one day I woke up and went, I'm someone. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I am that someone. Yeah. So I looked at my uh, my credit cards and I looked at my um, personal line of credit. And so I'm like, okay, so how much money do I have? And Today's you just the day. Went for it. So yeah.
2: it was literally, literally one day you woke up and said, I'm changing. Um, I everything. woke up
1: one morning and my eyes were swollen shut. I had so many lesions in my mouth. I couldn't eat. I couldn't wow. talk. And um,
2: Do, Were you aware that it was the products? I, this I was, suspected?
1: but I was in denial. I
2: see.
1: Yeah, because to, to admit it meant I had to admit I was selling them to people knowing what I knew. Mm. And that was just too much for me emotionally to say, I am aware and I'm still doing it. So mm-hmm. it was much easier for me to sit in denial and say, it can't be natural paths had confirmed it for me. It was real. So yeah. then it was just that one morning I woke up and it was one of those, you know, moments you always hear about where someone's has almost like their God moment where they're,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I just, yes, I will do it a different way. Just show me the way. Cause I'm so broken right now. I don't know what to do. And um, I just, as I say, said yes to the universe. And for the next six weeks, I literally just, anytime a thing came up, I Uh went the least path, like the easiest path and just went the easiest way. Six weeks later, my store was open.
2: Wow. Yeah. So like, give us an example of something comes up and then you.
1: Literally, you're walking this. The hand says stop. The man says walk. That's the way I wouldn't even know where I was walking. That's how I found my first location, just by walking up the street, Uh being hopeful
2: so you yeah. had a location, you, you gave that location up.
1: I had my first location down inside of a clothing store
2: on oh. Bernard.
1: It was 320 square feet.
2: So it was like a sublet. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It was basically a glamorized storage closet. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I packed myself and a few products in there. And it, it was kind of cute. It looked like a like kind of a secret little speakeasy where you were like, like Psst, come on in, yeah. I'll sell you some makeup. <laughs> it's good cool. for you, right? No windows. It was kind of funny. Um, But it got so busy, I couldn't fit clients in there and they were like disrupting the other ladies business because they were kind Mm. of milling and not shopping and it was a bit disruptive and it it was good for both of us but not great right and then an opportunity came to lease something and um I just took it I'm like man this I was officially running with scissors at that point like I was like in danger but I'm like it feels right so I'm just gonna do it and I knew the community was ready for it Mm because the the Subculture of clean beauty had picked up momentum and people were talking more about the, the hurt behind beauty. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was constantly, where can we get something safe? And within the sustainability conversation, what becomes really difficult is we can't be sustainable if we're just like throwing mud and trying things through the internet, right? So everyone was really happy to have a location in town that they could experience, touch, feel, and maybe not waste their money on things and precious
2: planetary resources, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So um, you told your current batch of Mm plants, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is the change we're going to make.
1: Interestingly enough, my first, like, from transitioning from mainstream beauty Uh to I had actually uh, signed conflict of interest clauses, so I wasn't allowed to talk about it at all.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, with some of these suppliers.
1: Yeah, anybody. Like, it was... Hush, hush. So as I was leaving, no one knew where I was going. No mm. one knew what I was doing. So at that point, after having literally thousands of clients, I had to start back at nothing and hope the rumors would move and people would find Nikki through whatever. So that first, you know, six months in business, any opportunity I had to get my picture with what I was doing in print, my picture with what mm. I was doing in anything. So people be, Oh, there's Nikki. There's Nikki. <laughs> we found her again. And then hope that they were on the same mission as me is to do things clean, yeah. ethical, non-toxic. And let's face it, that's not for everybody. And that's okay. Cause some people, they want, you know, insert name brand here, Chanel, they want Dior. Cause they're, they're more that luxury client and that's right. okay too. And since that's where I'd always been, I wasn't sure how many would follow me. And yeah. I was surprised how many did because they were looking for that emotional piece too. Too, mm-hmm. which they were getting with me, just in a different place.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you're saying that some of these companies mm-hmm. that are actually selling toxic mm-hmm. products mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make you sign something saying you won't discuss anything.
1: More or less. Yeah, more or less. Because yeah. um, someone like me, and like I'm going to toot my horn here, I'm really great at what I do. Right. So I'm more or less an asset to them. Yes. So they don't want to... Yeah, they don't want to mess with that. So was, I kind of belong to them, and I fully one hundred percent represent them. Yeah, while I'm that wearing their sense. shirt, absolutely, and makes I totally sense. respect it. Uh,
2: yeah. On the other hand, um, you know, if the if the products were that great, mm-hmm. then there wouldn't be an issue. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah, and it's it's breaking the normalcy of it because. Mm. Um, Just because the things we thought were okay in the 70s, 80s, 90s, as we learn better, we need to do better. Like, when dentists were filling our mouths with, with uh, you know, mercury fillings, they weren't doing it to hurt us. They really thought they were benefiting us. Now we know better. We are fixing it. And the beauty industry really shouldn't be any different. Yeah. Now that we're identifying these things are harmful or, you know, influencing our hormones in a negative way or, you know, whatever – Just fix it. Don't Mm. hide it under a different name. Yell at someone for letting the secret out. You know, just just fix it. Like, that's humanity, right? Fix it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are are there any of the larger corporations that are... Trying to transform.
1: Absolutely. And that's where that really big topic of greenwashing comes in. What's that? Um, things that appear to be greener, cleaner, better, mm-hmm. but actually aren't because they've marketed it or packaged it or um, put a focus from it that's not really a whole story. So yeah. people see the words, they see an image, and then they feel it's safe. But when you actually dig deep through the transparency of it, you find, you know, Like, yeah, and there's no legislation to protect us, right? Like, you can throw organic on it. You can throw pure. You can throw whatever Mm -hmm. on a product, but that doesn't make it so. It just, it's branded that way because marketing and branding really is everything. So it's one of those things where uh, it's buyer beware. It Mm -hmm. really is. So, um, that's why I'm, you know, really privileged to be in the position where I'm in, where I curate um, best of the best from, um, at first it was just Canada, but in my three years, I've learned that, um, the world really has beautiful things to offer. So I have, um, brands from all over the world now, and hmm. they're the global leaders in innovation for this. So they're the people who are like finding ways to do things that five years ago, weren't even discussed to be low impact, healthy, right. but not like compromise luxury. Cause this is still luxury products we're talking about A lot of people think natural clean. They're like immediately hippies, farmers markets. No, not at all. You can have it. You can have it both ways because I'm a snob at heart. I want (laughs) luxury. I had a whole life of luxury experiences. High
2: quality products. Very high quality
1: that work that are sensory satisfying, smell good. The whole experience behind them is Mm -hmm. wonderful. I didn't want gritty makeup packed in a cardboard box. Of course I didn't. So I've gone that place to really show where the whole thing is at a crossroads where Beautiful brands are creating beautiful things to still sustain the planet, but are desired to have luxury products too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I know a lot of people have said, like, you take leaded gasoline, for example. Mm-hmm. They say, well, we know it's bad, but we had to develop the technology, mm-hmm. catalytic converter, to be able to burn gasoline that doesn't have lead. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with the technology mm-hmm. and did that. Mm-hmm. Are there any um, cosmetic products that, there's still a claim that it's not as good mm-hmm. unless you're using a chemical
1: of course. version. Yeah, of course. And in some places they're right. Yeah. Like that's like, Mother it Nature can't color? do Um hair colors one. That's why you'll never see a hair colour in my store because it can't be both. Right. Hair color won't process without the chemicals. Right. You can get hair stains that come from, you know, things like that, but they're not going to last very long. And for most people, they don't want to be fixing it weekly or whatever. Nail polish is super difficult. If you get a really clean nail polish, it's chipping. It doesn't look very nice or it's super hard to get off. So you're having to use something chemical to remove it. So there are some things that just don't translate as well same as with skincare the the things that are pharmaceutically manipulated of course they're going to work faster of course they're 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 created in that way for our desire for faster it's not to say you can't get a great result with a natural one but there's this other component we don't really have right now which is patience <laughs> <laughs> i want my result in two weeks because the beauty industry has been promising that yeah. so for them to walk into my store and say are you ready for a 90 day wait most of them are like No, not for that. I'm not. And um, it's just that um, doing the best you can with your decision making while managing your expectations, right? Because even within beauty, some of our expectations are completely unrealistic, period. Like Mm -hmm. there is no cream that will take away all your wrinkles. Sorry, whether it's 90 days or two weeks, it's not going to happen. So that's where the dialogue part comes in for me too, is let's manage this Mm -hmm. and then get you. And if someone really is a Pharmaceutical client, I'm not going to sell them something. I'm going to say the truth is you're not going to be happy with what I'm selling you. You'll be happy over here mm-hmm. if pharmaceutical and the the things within it aren't okay with you. This is what I have to offer. Yeah, and people can make their decision based with good information, right? Because that's the key: good information.
2: Has technology uh, helped some of these products? So, oh, like, are there products today that like ten years ago would not mm-hmm. have been viable, but with technology now? Now Absolutely.
1: So much. And not just within the products themselves, but the, um, sustainable <clears throat> innovations behind the packaging they're in.
2: Right. Packaging. Um, packaging. Te- animal testing.
1: Animal testing. Yes. Officially banned in Canada, which is really great.
2: Um, it's, so I just want to ask you about that. So it's banned in Canada, mm-hmm. but can we still buy Chinese products that,
1: yeah, or on animals. and that's where – there's another buyer beware in there, too, is some Canadian brands don't manufacture in Canada. Yeah, so, they're, so
2: they package it. They're packaging they here and,
1: and branding here, but they're not manufacturing here. So just because it's a Canadian brand, mm-hmm. if it wasn't – if you're reading it as Canadian made, that's going to be different than a Canadian brand manufactured in yeah. or manufactured by
2: or whatever. So it's – Does the band cover – products that come from other countries, not always no no it's pretty hard to yeah verify it's so hard
1: to verify and there's just there's so much ambiguous stuff around it and shrouding behind it that even sometimes when you think you've figured it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's another layer of kind of weird uncomfortable ick behind it because um like i won't you know slug names but there are brands that proclaim animal or cruelty free and like there's these little like word changes like ethical versus cruelty-free versus like animal friendly versus like they're not all the same right so yeah. that some of the brands that are using a cruelty-free as their branding um, they're still selling in countries that demand animal testing so when you go to them and ask you know has this been tested on animals they will say no because the product you're buying that's in your hand has not been, but they're not speaking for the company. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And then for me, as someone who's a bit more um, educated on it, I'll say, uh, not, not what I'm holding, but as a company, do mm-hmm. you participate in any animal testing? And many of the employees don't even realize that they're working for a company that does because the details haven't been explained. Yeah. So I feel really bad for those employees because they're standing there heartfully believing that their companies don't participate mm-hmm. in that because there's weird international politics that they're not really part of mm-hmm. and they're just giving the information they've been told. Right. So it's messy and I feel really bad for them. Yeah.
2: And, um... It's totally wrong. It's unethical. It's banned in Canada. Mm-hmm. Why is it unnecessary to test on animals? Oh,
1: that's where it gets really sticky because this is this is the opinion of a curator of products, right? right. But uh, innovations in science have proven enough now that. The things we're learning from animals aren't as relevant to humans as we thought. Right, and there isn't enough newness coming to the scene that we can't look back at old studies, anyways. That's right. So, um, and there is new ways of testing things that don't require harm to anything. They're just more expensive. Right, and that's
2: like where we, it do, we understand. It. If you get bleach in your eyes, it's very bad. Doesn't you don't it feel need good. To yeah. torture torture yeah. an animal, yeah. To-
1: Exactly. Understand that. Yeah. And guess what? Many of the products that they've tested them on animals doesn't mean those ingredients get banned. It just means they come with a different clause on user stuff. So they're not mm-hmm. they're not protecting us by not allowing ingredients all the time. There are some that that does did allow them to um, filter out what was good or bad for us. But most of the time, it's just like, well, okay, well, that burned their eyes. Well, guess what? They're still putting the stuff in the product with a disclosure. Don't put it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Obviously... Obviously, if just the fumes burn your eyes, don't get it in your eyes. (laughs) But someone sued someone and things got messy, right? Right. (laughs) Don't drop the coffee on your lap. It's hot. Yeah, the (laughs) coffee
2: will. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm an optimistic person. I believe like eventually there will be technology because like everything is really chemical. Like water is a chemical. Absolutely. When we say chemical, we mean like uh, artificial chemical. Yeah, and toxins. And and a toxic chemical, right? So, I'm sure there's a way to, to so make much. a hair coloring yeah. that's going to work. And maybe yeah. it's five years away. Yeah,
1: who knows? The innovations but. I've seen just in the last three years is staggering.
2: Tell us uh, some of them.
1: Um, they found ways of using um, like botanicals to actually mimic um, retinol. And What's retinol? Retinol is – I don't want to say a version of vitamin A. Vitamin A, after your body turns it and converts it, it mm-hmm. becomes a really great um, anti-aging product or anti-acne product the amount of humans who can actually convert it Mm. really small that's where pharmaceuticals come in they will convert the vitamin a to a retinol change the molecular size of it so it can get super tight to the nucleus your skin rolls over really fast your skin is now brighter more even more dense acne is under control but if you were to just put that vitamin a or beta carotene on your skin it may or may not convert it. You may or may not get much result. It might look more even, more plump, whatever. But you won't get to that huge result, especially as quickly, mm-hmm. where now we're learning there's things that have different botanicals that aren't even in the vitamin A family, but you're getting those great results. Wow. So um, women don't have to go get a prescription for a vitamin A, and they don't have to be worried about photosensitivity and all those things that come with it. They can just use a botanical oil that rates in at, like, 90 point something percent organic like it's like beautiful clean and in the case of the brand i'm talking about canadian it's all the things and there's no creepy side effects (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah (laughs) that's
2: very cool and um so what kind of services do you offer you don't do hair
1: i don't do hair we don't do we're we're, um we're like everyday woman services Mm -hmm. so we're really helping women find what their their beauty rituals their practices are for everyday beauty Mm -hmm. and um I personally am a holistic sustainability coach. Mm. So as women come to me and they're um, wherever they are in their journey, of beauty and they're identifying they want to do better and they know they're the sum of their choices but they're super overwhelmed because that's Mm. what we we really see a lot is how overwhelmed people are they're like i have so much stuff under my sink and they attach you know negative dialogue because they bought the thing because they felt bad they were vulnerable but so on so forth but they don't want to let it go because they spent the money but they don't know what to use because they hate it all i'm the one that helps them Dig through that. Yeah. <laughs> Find a good realistic thing. Cause for most people, by the time they identify, they want clean, non-toxic, ethical to, to, aha, uh-huh, I have had that moment to the point where their bathroom actually reflects that is about two years. Wow. If you're doing Takes it that. sustainably, because we can't just go, Oh, I regret my choices. Chuck. Right. I'm starting now. There are millions of us who are having our wake-up moments. The earth cannot take yeah. us all just dumping it into these, you know, magical landfills where things just disappear, right? Like, they're not disappearing. They're yeah. – they're, all of these things are a burden to our environment, yeah. so.
2: Yeah, that, that's my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. If I discover something in the house that's toxic, mm-hmm. I mean, do I just send it to the lim- or landfill? Yeah. I mean, it's a small amount, but when you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of people and then it starts to leak and it gets into the water. and I think that's a huge issue, like disposal of things is a huge issue.
1: And there's a lot of resources in Kelowna to help us with that. But it it becomes – and for many people, what the roadblock is for that is it becomes very – um time consuming. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, this can has to go here and this one has to go there because they're not all really happening in the same place when you're dealing with like hazardous things. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is, is our like general recycling is becoming far more streamlined and the amount yeah. of things that we can recycle is becoming uh, much more um, broadened, which is great. As long as we're doing our due diligence of cleaning the things and preparing them to be recycled. Because again, so many of us, we we call it wish cycling. They throw it in and wish it's recycled, right? But (laughs) they could inadvertently be like contaminating a whole bunch of it by throwing that dirty peanut butter jar in when you need to rinse the peanut butter jar, right? You can't just chuck the peanut butter jar in the bin Mm -hmm. and hope for the best.
2: Well, it's like the old mindset Uh, in the 1960s. People said, well, I can litter because it's creating jobs. Right. right. But it's so unfair mm-hmm. and rude to the other human being mm-hmm. that has to deal with it. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. And that's human power we could be putting into more in innovative and creative things yeah. rather than cleaning up after us. It's like, there's not, there's so much potential for human power for doing things. Like, why divert this to cleaning up messes when we can utilizing oh, that tot- human power for something else.
2: Totally. You don't. Know, mm. have you ever gone to the uh, Bottle Depot? I'm sure mm, you have. And yes. It's like, I we rinse everything. You yeah. know, I teach the kids you get to rinse. Yeah. Uh, but you go in there and everything is so sticky and there's flies and <laughs> the poor yeah. workers that have to, yeah. you yeah. know, people take, 30 seconds to rinse the thing
1: yeah and that's that's the part that's hard because A there isn't a lot of education out there right. B it's not consistent because municipality to municipality it's different so you can even come from Vancouver and come to Cologne and the rules change and you're used to the Vancouver rules or you're yeah. used to the Toronto rules and now the rules are different and so you're trying you're trying your best with the information you have and the information you had last year is not relevant now and so yeah. it's like it's staying on top of it and just I think if everyone's just more uh, communicative as we learn things and mm-hmm. turning that more into everyday household dialogue then you know yeah what you know whatever's happening that's not really relevant to positive change
2: right right mm-hmm. do you find it's a challenge to convince people of the need for sustainability like Kelowna you go outside and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. we don't really sense very much air pollution maybe if you're spending time outdoors on Harvey yeah you'll notice yeah but uh you know out here there's not much air pollution in a big city you can really see it you can see the filthy gutters and you can see the yeah. waste and overflowing garbage bins and stuff yeah. like that. And so you can tell a person, hey, we need to change our behavior mm-hmm. and they can kind of get it. Yeah. But do you find in Cologne, like people have a hard time yeah. kind of grasping?
1: I think so. And I think it's one of those things where it's just we've been disconnected from our reality. Like mm. I firmly believe… That if our government were to just discontinue garbage removal for six months and mm. we had to have our own waste in our own backyards.
2: Yeah, like it would, composting. And-
1: everything, like our all our garbage. So everything for six months that we picked up that was single use or whatever, we had to keep our own crap for that long. People would really become much more mindful. Um, yeah. And they would become more demanding of their retailers, too. Like, why is this lettuce in a plastic bag? I don't want to deal with this plastic bag for six months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's one of those things. Until you actually see how much waste you're creating, you yeah. don't really understand. And um, there are people now who have taken that time to really look and pause and take time with it. And they're the ones that are easily adjusting to it or being mindful at that point of purchase. What's this waste? Mm -hmm. How much waste happened before it got to me? But some of us, we're just we're we're our garbage gets taken away. Mm -hmm. It's just it's gone. You don't see it. So we don't know and we don't add it all up into how much. Mm-hmm. And um, that's an unfortunate thing that that we kind of deal with is just that disassociation piece. And I think as more and more people are becoming aware because now we're seeing these images of these huge garbage islands in the ocean and we're realizing that's our garbage yeah. that was magically taken from us. It didn't magically disappear off the planet. Now it's in the waterways. It's um, Other countries don't even want to buy our garbage anymore, which they did for years because mm-hmm. – um, Insert ethical problem here. Here's all this electronics. You will get wealthy on it. It's broken crap that no one wanted, and we were kind of exploiting countries yeah. to take our shit. Oops,
2: sorry. <laughs> That's okay. The well, uh, Philippines is sending a huge barge of Canadian garbage. Yeah, I don't know the full story, but
1: yeah. And this happens, and this is how great, great big piles of it end up in the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: What's um, when it comes to cosmetics? What? How do we deal with plastic? I mean, plastic is one of those things that. Unless it's a uniform size. Mm-hmm. I understand it's very hard to recycle. Yeah. Because it's toxic to melt it. Correct. Or burn it. Yeah. So what? what is the answer? Is it glass? Like
1: Glass is an aluminum.
2: Glass and aluminum. Glass
1: and aluminum are, you know, preferred. Even more preferred, refillable refillable right. yeah and there are more brands coming so forward. refillable glass yeah yeah you come in you buy your bottle you refill it when it's empty yeah. you bring it in you refill it yeah of, of course yeah we carry okay. a brand from vancouver island called miko and um they're completely refillable and nice. beautiful like they're she's practically like farm to face she's delightful and um she even like the apple cider she gets is actually from supporting farmers here in the okanagan like her whole image behind her brand is just so gorgeous um but that's not everyone's ready for that. So just start today. Like when you pick it up, is this in glass? Is it a plastic that can be recycled municipally or is it just that weird kooky plastic that's just garbage? Yeah. Um, that said, if it's the weird kooky plastic that's just garbage, please bring it to the green vanity, my store downtown, because I am a TerraCycle depot and I can mm. get it um, properly managed for you. Yeah,
2: how you. How do you deal with that?
1: Um, there is a facility out east <clears throat> through uh, TerraCycle. TerraCycle takes care of so many different weird quirky like garbage things like Mm -hmm. coffee pods and marker plastic and things like Mm. that that we really need to get better at but we're we still love convenience right um they found ways of dealing with these plastics in less toxic ways to Mm. turn them into other useful things which is really great so they burn it shred it shred it yeah shred it and reform it
2: interesting yeah so you shred it and then you can reform it into a new plastic
1: yeah and not everything I I send can makes the cut but we try right because things like lipstick tubes and mascara tubes and powder compacts and that they're just very different plastic and they're they have other things like mirror glass or mirror plastic and metal and magnets and And all sorts of weird things and glue. So to try and like deal with that ourselves is like, it's too much. Like, what Mm -hmm. are we going to do? I mean, I'm not going to take out the pliers and start taking it apart. I'm going to hurt myself. So bring it to me. I'll do my best to manage it. I'm not promising I'm going to be able to take care of it, but I have connection to more resources to help get it taken care of. And Yeah. Hopefully not let it end up in a landfill, but but it's that moment of purchase that counts, right? Yeah. Where is this going when I'm done with it? Refillable makeup brands. We've got um, Elate Clean Cosmetics. They have like water-treated bamboo makeup cases that you refill and the makeup's packed in seeded paper. So mm-hmm. like there is no garbage. You just refill
2: it, use it,
1: move yeah. on. And they're from Victoria. We love supporting
2: Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Where is your location?
1: Uh, 1492 St. Paul Street, downtown Kelowna.
2: My new office is at 1350. Uh, so Epic Real Estate, we're at 1441 St. Paul, I mm-hmm. think it was. Yeah. And we just moved into the Soul Building. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, there's just a like hashtag for one. us
1: already, you know. You can use it anytime. It's Cool Kids of St. Paul Street.
2: Cool like Kids of St. Paul Street. Yeah.
1: Hashtag Cool Kids of St. Paul Street. <laughs> there's awesome. a whole bunch of us using that one, so you can join the posse. It <laughs> is
2: uh, St. and Street, St. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very yeah.
1: cool. Yeah. We want to be the cool kids of St. Paul. <laughs>
2: right? <Very laughs> yes. Nice. Um, who would you like to nominate to come on the show?
1: Oh, my goodness. There's so many amazing people. Um,
2: Give the, us a handful. Yeah.
1: The girls behind um,
2: uh,
1: the zero-waste grocery store, Farm Bound. Okay. Uh, Janelle Carmen from Karmic Bazaar. She's an amazing curator of art. Love her to bits.
2: Sorry, what was her name?
1: Uh, Janelle, Carmen. Janelle, yeah.
2: Great. I'm furiously writing. I
1: know, right? Um, Chris Rostecchi, in broader Designs.
2: Yeah, no, I think Chris was on the show because Chris nominated That's you. right.
1: She told yeah. me that.
2: But that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes because we're going to tag Chris, Love and
1: Chris. Uh, it's nice to show.
2: hear you got nominated, even no. if you've been on the show. Um, so
1: uh, one big table. I don't know if Julio is back in town yet, but I think he's back in October. Julio, Yeah, Chef Julio. He's amazing. Anyone at, at uh, One Big Table is great to interview. Chef Scott at Nourished um, Edible Wellness. He's amazing. He's a huge part of the food movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raina Lutz, Lutz Nutrition. Oh, my God. She's like an amazing participant in the food movement as well. And uh, she's a holistic nutritionist and master fermenter. Wow. Yeah, Very she's cool.
2: so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. she's even going to be getting into that kind of beer kombucha world, which <laughs> is super rad. Yeah, so yeah, there's so many great people.
2: So I can't write that fast, so I'm going to ask you to please send me an email with yeah. uh,
1: with all those.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I've been using the keyboard for 30 years mm-hmm. now, so it's like trying to handwrite. Like, I know. I don't even know what I'm doing.
1: I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. Um, some of my notes I look later, I'm like, I'm sure that was important. Hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I used to have a saying, like, my handwriting is like a spider got drunk, dumped, mm-hmm. dunked his butt in a tub of ink and dragged it across the floor. Love it. <laughs> love it. It's legible. Chicken really. scratch. scratch. Yeah. 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 Well, Nikki, thanks so much for your time. So it's fun. been a anytime. great conversation.
1: Yeah. Anytime. I love it. I love talking. I love seeing what's, what's what. Cause like a lot of the stuff that I kind of do
2: yeah
1: is a little bit obscure compared to what the beauty industry is i'm kind of one of those innovators within it so dialoguing about it's really tough so i prefer to talk about the conversation points that brought people to the point where i can ask that question of do you want to go deeper (laughs) but they're not ready to go deeper so that thing i do is just kind of a weird obscure it's like i'm a holistic sustainability beauty coach they're like what like what does that even mean until you're there
2: well i think uh Many people will be motivated to come and check you out yeah. after hearing this yeah, little conversation. Totally. So.
1: Yeah. And give me a few weeks. Um, I'm going to be interviewing you for our podcast. It'll be super fun.
2: Beautiful. Oh, yeah. tell, tell us quickly about your, your podcast. What's it about?
1: Um, it is a, we'll call it a wellness podcast. I apologize now. It is wicked explicit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I don't filter my language at all on it. Um, it's similar to yours in the way that we interview local people in the wellness And um, trying to help people discover their way, like not in a way of you're doing it wrong. This Mm -hmm. is how to do it right. It's like, here's some things to explore to see what works for you. Uh, It's called just shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. And the premise behind it is that just shut up and listen because the answer's inside you. Right. If you just shut up, right? Because-
2: Listen to yourself.
1: Yeah. we're, We're so inundated with ads telling us how to do it better or how we're doing it wrong or what's wrong with us that we're always like seeking this correction. When if we just, you know, Take a minute. <laughs> we already know, right? And yeah. it, it, that applies to everything, like from, you know, what we're eating to decision we're making in the store to like even really big things like buying a car, buying a house in that moment, you know, when you're leaning into it, it's like, does this feel good or does it not feel good? Mm-hmm. And it's just that simple moment of yes. No, but people like, but the thing and the price and the money and the uh, feeling and the color and the, it doesn't matter. Just shut up. <laughs> right. How's it feel?
2: What's the name of the podcast? Just
1: Shut Up and Listen. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a, that's a
2: great, <laughs> just, great title.
1: Yeah, Just Shut Up and Listen. And
2: uh, can we find it on iTunes? And- you can
1: find it everywhere. we okay. drop that sucker onto Anchor. So it's on Spotify, iCloud. It's like
2: great. everywhere. Anchor, is that like a distributor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, I learned something. hmm Awesome.
1: Yeah,
2: makes well, it easy. Nikki, thanks again.
0: Really fun. appreciate your time. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> See you
1: anytime soon. you want to hang out with a hippie, you know where to find one. <laughs>
0: right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Newtown Big Dreams podcast with your host, Luke Menkes, and his authentic guests. And we love our listeners and hope you subscribe now to learn more about the amazing journeys of our incredible guests, you relocated to find a new town, big dreams. And remember, make your dreams big.